Welcome once again to Bridge Women, where we're continuing in our study, Wisdom Works. How many of you found out Wisdom Works so far? Are we all finding that out? I think Ashley said, if you work wisdom, wisdom works. So we're all finding that out. I've heard, like Pastor Ann, from so many of you, that you love this topic and that you're realizing it pertains to you in your life right now, no matter what season you may be in. I've heard wisdom described as the capacity to see things from God's perspective and the ability to respond accordingly. Sounds easy enough, doesn't it, ladies? We know it isn't always easy, but it's absolutely true. Wisdom isn't something that we're born with. It's not something we're born again with. It's a process. It's a um, process for each one of us, something we seek after and pursue each and every day. And we have found that the book of Proverbs is, um, if you've been reading along with us, you've probably seen that it's a book that's full of contrast. There's a lot of contrast in Proverbs, and one of them is the fool and the wise person. The foolish person does this, but the wise person does this. I don't know about you, but I have made my share of foolish decisions in life and decisions that affect not only me, but those around me as well. So when we want to seek after and pursue wisdom because the longer I walk with God, the more I realize it's not only necessary each day, it's necessary moment by moment as well. I want to follow closely after God, and I know you guys do as well. And I was thinking as I started preparing this, social media has changed so much in the recent years in that you can get so much advice and so much uh, information and opinions at the click of a button. And um, you can get people's opinions and worldly opinions, and some are good and some are bad. But for we, children of God, women of God, we want the Bible to be our guidebook for life. And we're learning how very important wisdom is. In 2 Timothy, Paul wrote, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us, train us, and correct us to do what is right. Wisdom not only retrains our thinking, but it can change the course of our life as well. Learning and following God's instructions and ways of doing things will make us better wives, daughters, sisters, mothers, friends, workers, whatever the case may be. And we want to be known as strong, capable, passionate women of God. And wisdom is vital and wisdom is necessary for us to become exactly that. Let's pray this morning and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you so much for your great love for us. We thank you, God, for your precious word that every time we read it, we, are, we grow and we become stretched into the women that you desire us to be. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to each one of us this morning through the power of your Holy Spirit. Teach us, grow us, shape us as only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, for those of you who are new, I'm going to give you a quick recap of where we've been. 
we began by learning what makes wisdom work. And for the most part, we realized it's the choices we make. Each and every day, we come to a crossroads several times a day. Which way am I going to go? What am I going to do? What am I going to say? And wisdom will give us the direction rather than leaning on our own understanding and our own logic. It's up to us to follow wisdom. We've also learned the importance of building wisdom into our security. And Pastor Ann took us to scriptures that encouraged us to look to God and to depend upon him for the safety and the protection that we need in this life. We read Proverbs 133 that tells us, whoever listens to me, wisdom, will dwell in safety and will be secure and without evil. She challenged us to read through Psalm 91. I hope you got a chance to do that. If you haven't, just take a little bit of time and <clears throat> sit with the Lord and read Psalm 91. If you did, you found a comfort and a reassurance of God's love, care, and protection over your life. And maybe you never, in a way, you never have before. I love that psalm. It's one of my go-tos. And I especially love uh, verse 2, which says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. And that's a verse we all need to wrap our hearts around. Such a good reminder that God can take better care of us than we could ever take up by ourselves. Last week, Ash, with Ashley, we saw how wisdom works in our plans and our priorities. And she gave us three very practical steps to do just that. Pursue God, pursue wise counsel when needed, and pursue, prepare, and plan for the future. We learned that God can work in our lives in ways. He knows the beginning and the end, so he knows much better what we need to do and when. Proverbs 16 says, commit your plans to the Lord and they will succeed. And we all want our plans to succeed, don't we? We want our plans to line up with God's plans for our life. So today we're going to look at working wisdom into our character. And our character is what people see in us. It's what people recognize in us. It's tied closely to our behavior, to our nature, and to our personality. You could say it's who we are. Our character is who we are, who we become in the Lord. Godly character, again, is something we develop over time. We grow in it. It's a process of listening to and following God's way of doing things. In 1 Timothy 4, Paul urged young Timothy to exercise yourself in godliness. And I always think of physical exercise when I think of that. But if you have a treadmill and it's sitting in the corner of your bedroom like I did for years and you don't use it, it doesn't do any good. Or the weights are just kind of getting dusty over there. We need to work out physically, but even more than that, we need to work out spiritually. That verse goes on to say, physical exercise is good, but spiritual exercise is even better because it benefits this life and the life to come. Its benefits will last through all eternity. 
So we build godly character as we train to be godly, as we seek out, pursue God's way of doing things, and then apply it to our life. I love that we've been reading through the book of Proverbs together. I hope you're doing well on that. If you skip a day, again, don't be hard on yourself. Just go to the next day. Because the more of the Bible we get in us, the more we ingest, the more our minds will start to automatically think God's way. You don't have to stop and wonder, what should I do or what sh where should I go? You'll know because you've got God's wisdom in you. I'm going to share a story with you because you're my sisters and I know you won't judge, right? Okay, this, a few, a while back I went shopping for a purse. And I was in a store that had one of those long mirrors right next to the purses. Obviously, it was there so you could try purses on. So I was trying different purses on because, you know, a purse has to feel right and fit right and hang just right. So at one time, I had like four purses on me. No one was watching. I was in purses by myself. So anyway, I chose the purse I wanted. And I continued about my shopping, went to the register, paid for my purse, went out the door, and you know that nice little voice that says, um, excuse me, we forgot to remove your security tag. And so I just went back to the register, and I gave her my purse, and she said, she looked it all over, and she goes, no, you're fine. Go ahead. So I went through the door again. And it did it again, but I didn't care because I already had my purse checked. And as I started walking to the parking lot, I went to get my keys out of my purse, and I realized I had a purse here. <laughs> you guys know where I'm going, don't you? <laughs> I had a purse here. I had a purse in the bag. And then over here was like an unidentified purse. <laughs> It was not my purse. It was just hanging there. And honestly, I froze. I absolutely froze. I was horrified at myself. And for a minute, my life flashed before me. And I pictured myself in an orange jumpsuit with the arm of the law touching me. I couldn't move. I, I honestly couldn't move. This isn't normal for me, you guys, all right? So all of a sudden, wisdom kicked in and said, turn around and just put it back where you got it. And so that's exactly what I did. I just turned around and put it back. Now, the funny part of that story is... As I was driving home, still horrified, I thought, that lady who checked me out, she didn't even realize I had too many purses on me. And twice she didn't realize that. And I didn't realize it. And when I got home and told my daughters, they were like, Mom, it's okay. I can see how that could happen. But when I told my husband, he was like, you stole the purse? And I was like, no, I didn't steal a purse. He goes, why would you try a purse on? Doesn't everybody try a purse on? I said, the girl said it was okay. I put it back. He could not wrap his head around it. But I was very grateful for wisdom at that moment because 
You know, we all make mistakes. We all do. But the thing is, wisdom wants you to turn around and make it right immediately, whatever it is. Whether you say something wrong, do something wrong, whatever it is, make it right. Um, so wisdom can even make wrongs in our life right. There are so many aspects um, mentioned in the Bible that speak to wise, godly character that pleases God. But again, it's a choice we make. Are we going to listen to our own understanding or are we going to listen to what God has to say? Proverbs 2 also says, wise choices watch over you. I got watched over that day, you guys. Wise choices watch over you. We want to learn, read, study God's word and apply his wisdom to our life. So let's look for a moment at some aspects that work wisdom into our character. And if you're note takers, this is the time to get your notebook out and start taking notes. And sometimes I feel like I hit people with a fire hose of scriptures, but I'm not going to apologize for that because I'd rather God speak to your heart than me. So just jot them down. Some will be on the screen. Others you can look up later on when you get home. So number one in working wisdom into our character is the attitude of our heart. The attitude of our heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Another version says, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. So we want to guard our, our heart. We need to watch over it closely. Our heart is closely tied to our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. So it's important that we guard, these, guard our heart and guard, guard it carefully. Um, we want to guard our heart by examining it often. In, the, in Psalms, David said, Search my heart, O God, and show me if there's any anxious ways in me. We guard our heart by watching out for danger. If you ask God for wisdom, he will show you when danger is coming. We be a blockade over our heart or a watchman, so to speak, and we make adjustments when needed. We want to have a heart for God and a heart for people, and we always want our heart to be open and pliable and teachable by God himself. That's the way we grow in wisdom. Building wise character, number one, is an attitude of our heart. And number two, it ties in closely with that, tells is our mind or our thought life because the heart and the mind are closely related. Proverbs 23, 7 tells us, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as we think, our thoughts determine who we become, what we do, and where we go. Just like our heart, our mind also needs to be guarded. We are shaped by our thoughts, and we want to choose what comes into our mind. 2 Corinthians 10.5 reminds us that we're to take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. That means we need to rein them in. 
we can't control thoughts that come in, but we can control what we do with those thoughts. We don't have to dwell on them. We don't have to be consumed by negative thoughts. Someone said, just because you have a thought doesn't mean you have to think it. Think about that for a minute. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean you have to think it. Your mind doesn't have to stay there. Because when I overthink things, things grow and grow and grow. Don't they, ladies? Our weapons of warfare in this area is the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, it's a process for each one of us, but we can do it or God wouldn't ask us to do so. We are also instructed in Romans 12, 2, not to conform to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. I think when I first came to the Lord, that my mind was the first thing God started working on. I had a lot of things that needed to go and godly thoughts that needed to come. That's what renewing your mind is. You put off old way of thinking and you put on new way of thinking. It's kind of like restructuring, rebuilding your mind and your thought life, like fixer-upper shows that we like. They go in and they gut everything and new things come in. That's what we need to do with our minds. Put off the negative put off the destructive, and replace it with the truth of God's word. For instance, if you're uh, um, anxious or worried often, which many of us are, we need to go to scripture. We need to recognize, I'm, that's not a good thought for me to be worried over everything. Go to scripture. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, present your request to God. We need to bring those things to God and exchange those thoughts for God's thoughts. We all face concerns and worries in life, but we're not to dwell on them or, be, or to be consumed with them. Paul says, turn your worries into prayer. And then that verse goes on to say, in verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So how do we guard our heart and mind? It comes through the peace of God. We need to seek God's peace and guard our heart and mind. Don't we all want a peaceful, tranquil life? Of course we do. And it's available to us, but we need to worry less, fret less, and pray more. Again, a wise woman with a strong character will learn to ask God for wisdom regarding situations, as the book of James tells us to do. Otherwise, it goes on to say, if, if you don't seek wisdom, you can easily be blown to and fro, tossed to and fro by the storms of life. And that person is called unstable and double-minded in all he does. God's word and his wisdom will keep us sound, steady, and stable and secure on this journey through life. We need to remember that the Bible says God's given us this mind, and he's given us a sound mind, a mind of love, self-control, and soundness. In the Amplified Bible, 2 Timothy 1.7 
reads like this. It says, God has not given you a spirit of timidity or fear, but of power, of love, and of a calm, well-balanced mind, disciplined and self-controlled. Isn't that what we want, ladies? We want to be able to pass wisdom on to others, but before we do so, we need to get a grip on ourselves and wisdom in our life. If God has given us a sound mind, we need to use it, and we need to activate it. And we do so by coming against fear and worry and anxiety in the name of Jesus, the name that is above all names. Love, peace, balance, self-control. We need to thank God for these things. Ask him to help us grow in these areas and become the women he desires. Number three, if you're taking notes, is our speech. Nothing reveals more about our character than the words we speak. I saw a quote once that says, Wise people talk because they have something to say. Foolish people talk just to say something. And there's a difference, isn't there? We've established in the past that we women speak about three times more words a day than the men in our lives. Anybody say amen to that? Therefore, we're three times more apt to get in trouble for what we say. My husband does more listening than talking, so he doesn't have that problem. But I remember years ago when I came upon the scripture in James, it says, speak little and listen much. Speak little and listen much. And over the years, I found there's a lot of wisdom in that. Proverbs uh, 1.5 says, a wise woman hears and increases in learning. We learn by listening. It's a good concept. We need to listen up. Um, it's said that God, that's why God gave us two ears and one mouth, so we would listen more than we speak. I think that might be true. <laughs> Listening also helps us think before we say anything. Proverbs 21, 23 says, Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps from trouble. So we need to put a guard over what our mouth and our tongue. Listen to some contrasts that I found in Proverbs regarding foolish speech versus wise speech. Foolish speech is apt to be filthy, obscene, crude, perverse, careless, gossiping, wicked, and rash. On the other side of that, wise speech is encouraging, gracious, respectful, kind, gentle, restrained, good, and righteous. You can see how opposite the two are. We want to be known for our words that honor God in a wise, gracious way. Please him and bless those around us. We may have some bad habits to break in this area, but I loved what Amber said. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? So if you bring bad habits before the Lord, he will remove them little by little, and he will help you choose your words carefully. The prayer of our heart could be found in Colossians 4, 6, which says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that we may know how to answer each one. 
I love the way the Message Bible reads this. It says, be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in our conversation, not to put them down or to cut them out. And to be gracious is simply to be kind, polite, tasteful, and tactful. Your words can shine bright for the Lord and draw others to you and others to him as well. We want to choose our words carefully. Number four, working wisdom into our character is self-control and discipline. Um, we sang how we're free in the Lord. We've been set free, and we are free indeed, because the Bible says whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. But at the same time, the Bible gives us boundaries of godliness to live by, to keep us safe, and to keep us on the path that God would have us to go. When we think of self-control as women, we probably think all the things we should do and don't and all the things we don't do and should. But it's really, I heard a teaching recently, it's really much more than just that. Self-control is saying no when you want to say yes. Self-control is saying enough when you want more. Self-control is saying I won't when you want to say I will. It's thinking before we act and taking control over our thoughts, our words, our appetites, our eyes, our temper, and our desires. It's controlling those things and not letting them control us. Many of us need to turn it around. These things are controlling us, and it shouldn't be that way. We're women of self-control. The Bible says that we've been given that. So we want to control the things we say and do and not let them control us. Because the difference can, it can make a difference in success of our godly walk with God. You know, God desires that we live a life of self-control and order because he is a God of order. 2 Peter 1 tells us to make every effort to add to your faith virtue, to your virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, kindness, and to kindness, love. These are the kind of traits we want to build in our life. And they might not be real popular in the world's eyes, but this is how God wants us to behave. These are character traits that we can build as we walk with God. Galatians 5.16 tells us to walk in the spirit. And we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. Also in Galatians 5, Paul lists the fruit of the spirit which we know is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. If God's given it to us, it means it's in us. So if you think about it, a woman without self-control and without discipline is in a very dangerous spot because you will go anywhere you want, eat anything you want, drink anything you want, be with anyone you want. You have no limits and no boundaries on your life. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Without wisdom, 
we are, have no self-control and self-indulgence seems to take over. And we see that in the world a lot today. People simply live in to please themselves. What do the bumper stickers say? Whatever feels good, do it. Well, that's not God's way of living. That's the world's way of living. We want to be disciplined, self-controlled women of God. Proverbs 16 says, the path of the virtuous leads us away from evil. As we draw closer and closer to God, we should be getting farther and farther away from the evil things in the world. When we do mess up, and we will all mess up occasionally, we just get back up, start over again, and keep on keeping on. Proverbs 24:16 says, a righteous man may fall seven times and then rise again. That's what we do when we make mistakes and when we mess up. We rise again. We get back on the path God has for us, and we keep on keeping on. We want to learn from our mistakes, of course, but we don't want our mistakes to hold us down. The Bible says there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, none whatsoever. God will never hold you down or keep your past over your head. It's a journey we're on, each one of us, and a process that we're growing in. Now, the devil, on the other hand, would love you to give up and to give in and say, this is too hard, I can't do it. But Philippians 4.13 reminds us we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So there's no excuse, ladies. You mess up, you get back up, and you get back on the path, walking with God in the power and the strength that he's given you to do so. First Peter says, think clearly, and again, exercise self-control. We work out self-control. The Bible tells us, quite frankly, our bodies are not our own. They belong to God. Our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So we're not to abuse them or misuse them in any way. I always think I don't want to take the Lord with me anywhere he wouldn't be comfortable. We've been to movies that we have to get up and walk out of because if Jesus isn't comfortable, I'm not comfortable. So we need to learn to live that way. Our bodies belong to God. A wise person displays discipline and self-control, staying on within God's boundaries for our life. It, those boundaries are, are like us telling our children, don't play in the street because it will hurt you. God's boundaries are for our good. They're always, always for our good. And they strongly affect number five on our list, which is our integrity and our reputation. I have read that every challenge and storm that we face in life has the ability to take us down or to make us strong. Integrity is built through endurance, that keep on, keeping on quality. And it's having strong moral principles and moral uprightness. Here are a few attributes that I found um, work in integrity that you'll see in a person of integrity. They're trustworthy, they're responsible, they're committed, honest, humble, and giving. That's a person of integrity. 
Proverbs 2 says, he grants a treasure of common sense to the honest, and he is a shield to those who walk in integrity. He's our shield when we walk in integrity. These traits are the traits that build over time a good reputation. Proverbs 22.1 says a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches and, and favor, rather than gold and silver. Our good name is more valuable than riches and gold and silver. The Bible makes it clear that a good reputation is of great value and something we all want to earn and we all want to maintain. It's built over time, and again, it's based on our choices and our speech and our actions. It's what people see in us day in and day out. As Christians, our number one priority is to represent the Lord well to a lost and broken world because people are watching us each and every day they are. The Apostle Paul was able to say, come follow me as I follow Christ. He became a man of good reputation and integrity, even though at one time he persecuted Christians and even killed them. As he began his walk with God, he grew to become a man of strong character, great integrity, who was loved and known as a mighty man of God. So you know what, ladies? It's never too late. Start building integrity and working on a reputation. Never, ever too late. You can start wherever you are, and it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. I'm sure you haven't persecuted and killed Christians like Paul did, and yet he became a strong man of God. We can do the same. You start one step at a time, listening to, honoring, and obeying God and following his wisdom. Because when we follow wisdom, we treat others kindly, we become consistent and, and responsible, people will begin to notice the change in our life and the turnaround in our personality and our character. Romans reminds us, if, if at all possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all people. We are to be women who seek after peace whenever we can. And you know what? We do what we can to follow God as closely as we can. But even a good reputation can be tarnished by lies and by slander and by gossip of, from others. I've seen it happen too far too often, even in the church. But 1 Peter 2.15 says, Your honorable lifestyle should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. In other words, again, you keep on the path God has for you. You love people. You forgive people. You keep, on, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And when you do that, others will, it, God will defend you. That's what we need to realize. He will take care of it. And on a side note, we never want to be women who damage the reputation of others falsely. Because when we do, it will end up damaging our reputation and we'll be held accountable for that. So that's important as well. As we wrap up this morning, it's hard to talk about 
um, working wisdom into our character without mentioning some of the qualities that we find in the Proverbs 31 woman. She is known as a virtuous woman and a, no a woman of noble character. At first reading, you might think she's impossible to be like. She's perfect. I could never be like that. I feel the same way myself. But we're not to imitate her. We're to learn from her, and we're to grow from the qualities, the godly qualities that we see in her life, the character of strength and dignity. And those things come not just from her outward achievements, which she is a very busy woman, but it also comes from her inner beauty of her time of love and reverence for God. So these are a few things that I found in the Proverbs 31 woman that I want to always be growing in in my own life. Number one, she's a woman of faith, and she loves the Lord and serves him diligently. In verse 29, we read, Many women are noble, but she surpasses them all. She's a strong woman of faith and loves God. Number two, she's a faithful wife. She respects her husband, and he trusts in her. Verse 11 says her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. I want to be a strong woman of faith and a faith, faithful wife to my husband as well. Number three, she's a loving mother. She teaches, nurtures, and trains her children. And verse 28 says her children rise up and they call her blessed. Isn't that desire of each mother's heart? We want our children to rise up and call us blessed. Number four, she serves others with kindness. She's not self-focused. She cares for her family, and it even says she opens her arms to the poor. Ladies, we have so much to offer the world around us. We don't want to be self-focused. We want to be other-focused, particularly on our family and those in need. Number five, she's a homemaker, and she's a good manager of her home. Verse 27 says she watches over the affairs of her home, and she is not lazy. We don't have any time for laziness, ladies. We need to be up busy about what God has for us. And lastly, she's a wise, she is wise and kind. In verse 26, we read, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is kindness. She is wise, and she is kind. These are just a few of the traits that I pull out that I always want to be growing in. We, the Bible tells us we're to continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. So we always want to be growing. In closing this morning, let's remember, ladies, that God cares more about who you're becoming than what you're doing. He cares more about how you make others feel than where you're going. And he cares more about your inner beauty than your outward appearance. And his greatest desire is that others would see Jesus in us. And when they do, a character will not get wiser or more beautiful than that. Amen? Amen. Let's pray, ladies. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for teaching us and, and 
and training us, Lord. And I pray for each one of us that we would continue to grow and become the women that you desire us to be. Women who have a heart for you, a mind for you, words for you, self-discipline, self-control. We want to grow in all these areas, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I pray you would teach each one of us how to do that, that we would become more like Jesus each and every day and less and less like ourselves. And ladies, while our eyes are closed, if there's any of you in here this morning and you've never come into a relationship with God, this is the time to do it. This is the time to learn how to become, work wisdom into your life and become the woman that God desires you to be. The Bible says all you need to do is pray and ask him into your heart. So we're going to do that all together now. And if you just wrap your heart around this small prayer, he will come into your heart and change you forever. So let's pray, ladies. Father, I ask you to come into my life. Pray with us, ladies. Father, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Show me how to walk with you and become a wise, strong woman of God. I want to seek you all the days of my life as I give it to you now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Ladies, if you pray that prayer for the first time, the Bible says you're born again. The old is gone and the new has come. And it just doesn't get better than that. If that was your first time you prayed, we have these little books for you. Uh, your table host has them at the table. Just ask her for one. And let's welcome ladies into the family with us this morning. So, like I said, we've gone over a lot of scriptures, a lot of information, but while you're at your tables this morning, let's talk about our character. Let's encourage each other in things we're strong in and talk about things we want to grow in. And then let's pray together and we'll leave here wiser women of God. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. God bless you, ladies.